Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Great to have Sheila Dunnigan from the Boston Dream Center with us today. And uh, thank you for investing in her ministry. Um, And one thing I love about her ministry is when we say her ministry, it's the Lord's ministry working through her. And uh, she keeps Jesus first and foremost. Uh, When we had to change our our, uh, strategy a little bit for giving to some of our our local missionaries, we we said we have to do it a little differently. And and so some of our, our monthly giving was going to change a little bit. And I talked to Sheila about this and she says, no worries. Because I trust God, <laughs> and uh, we don't necessarily trust, um, you know, our partners. We love our partners and we appreciate our partners, but we trust God. And that heart and that spirit of of trusting in the Lord is why she continues to allow the Lord to use her. So I want to use that as an example for each one of us of understanding the the trust that we put in the Lord um, in our giving. And thank you, Victoria, for that uh, that encouragement this morning. Well, today we are going to be talking about breaking down the barriers. Last week, Victoria did an amazing job talking about how do we see our obstacles? Do we see them from God's point of view or do we look at it from our own point of view? Are, do we see the giants and are we like grasshoppers or do we see like the, the giants is like, we're going to eat them for lunch, right? So who, had, who ate some obstacles for lunch this week? Yes, I see the hands. I love it. So here's what we're going to talk about, though. So now that we see our obstacles the way that God sees them, today we're going to be talking about the strategy to overcome those obstacles, to actually see those walls in our life come, uh, come tumbling down. Because it's one thing to see and to have faith. It's another thing to hear what God is saying and respond to him in such a way that, that he does the work. The challenge is that I think sometimes we start using God as a formula. Well, if I do this, then this will happen. If I do this, now there are biblical principles, just like the laws of gravity. There's, there's kingdom spiritual laws. But just like the disciples who used past expectations and past performance to try to execute something, they realized, wait a second, it didn't work so well. Well, I'm telling you this story. I want you to turn your Bibles to Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. That's where we're going to spend our time today. Joshua chapter 6 is um, the story of Jericho. But before we get there, I want to just talk to you about what the disciples had struggled with in trying to cast out a demon. In Mark chapter 9, we have this account of Jesus and the disciples, and the disciples tried to cast a demon out of a boy and it wasn't working. Like Jesus, we did the prayer, we did the formula and nothing happened. And Jesus came back to them after the disciples said, well, why couldn't we cast it out? And Jesus says, this kind only comes out with prayer and some versions would add fasting. We read that in Mark chapter 9 verse 29. This kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. Now you could say, well, the formula is we've got to pray and fast to allow those big obstacles to be removed in our life, to be able to do those miraculous things. 
I would say, yes, that's partly right, but we have to read what Jesus was really meaning behind that. He says, you need to spend time with God the Father to find out what he's saying is the key to the deliverance. Did did you catch that? You, You have to spend time with God the Father to hear his voice, to understand what God is saying to us to see the deliverance take place. I'm going to give you another interesting verse that Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter 11. These are Jesus' words. And this is what he says in Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 12. For in the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence. And the violent take it by force. I want you to just kind of take this for a moment and and consider yourself as a violent person for a moment. And you're going to take something by force. I want you to keep that thing in your mind just for a moment because there is a season and time when you look around us, the world that we live in today, with the shootings down in Florida, which I hope you've been praying asking for God's peace and God's mercy on our nation. But then even this morning to see that there's a massacre, a knife massacre in China. There seems to be a time that the the darkness is increasing and we need to get a little violent, church. To allow the kingdom of God to take more territory than the enemy's taking. So let's keep reading. Verse 13, for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who has come. He who has ears, let him hear. Now here's the part. He who has ears, can everybody just touch your ear for a moment? I think most of you have at least one ear, maybe two. Those who have ears, let him hear. And this is what he says, verse 16. But what shall I compare this generation? It is like a child sitting in the marketplace and calling to their playmates. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and dirge is like a funeral song and you did not mourn. Those of you who have ears, let him hear. What Jesus is saying is there was a flute playing. In other words, this happy dance song and nobody was dancing. Did they not hear? There was a funeral song being sung and nobody was mourning. Did you not hear? And Jesus is saying, this is like a generation that, that, now he was speaking in that time, but I would say uh, the encouragement for us is we cannot just rely on the things of the past and we can't rely on biblical principles. We have to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us and we have to respond with action if we want to see the darkness begin to flee, if we want to see the obstacles in our life be removed, if we want to see the miraculous take place in our schools, in our homes, in our workplaces. By the way, I have heard incredible miracles that have been taking place this last week alone. Stories of incredible healing, tumors being removed, taken, actually taken out of people's bodies supernaturally. 
people on their deathbed who have come back to life this week alone, because that's who Jesus is. But we cannot reduce him to a formula. We have got to spend time with him in prayer and saying, God, what are you saying and what are you doing? And let us respond. Now in Joshua chapter 6, where where you are at already, because you found it, it is in the Old Testament, Joshua chapter 6. Now this story continues on, right? We said in the pioneer's path, here's what we're doing. We're trekking, we're following Jesus, and we've hit some obstacles. Now we learn to view them from God's perspective, so we're not afraid of the obstacles. But now we've got to go take the land. We've got to conquer the giants. We've got to go out to the fortified cities. And what are those fortified cities in your life? What are those obstacles in your life? Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it is uh, some bullies at school. Maybe it is your own self-worth, how you view yourself. Maybe it is depression. Maybe it's addiction. What are your giants in your life? And God is saying, I'm going to give you the strategy. I'm going to tell you what you need to do. So in Joshua chapter 6, now we know that the children of Israel, they've wandered 40 years, we're trucking through this story, and all of a sudden they come to the place where they have to cross the Jordan River, experience kind of this Red Sea experience again to get into the land of Canaan, the land of milk and honey. Now we know there's a generation that doesn't go with them because of their grumbling and lack of belief, but finally... There's those who go into the land, but the challenge is now they've got to take the land. They've got to overcome the enemy, the fortified cities. As I continue to tell the story, I want you to say, I want you to see this. Their first city was in Jericho that they had to take, and this is what the city looked like. It was a walled city. You'll see this video here. It was a walled city, and And it was fortified, a double wall around it. And this was their first city that they were going to have to lay siege on in in the process of taking the land. So, So what would you think would be the strategy that you would come up with to say, we're going to take the city? Chances are, you're probably not going to come up with what we're going to read right now. So in Joshua chapter 6. This is what it says. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. So they are all inside their city. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. So before they even actually got into the city or took the city, God already told them that the city was theirs. Now, I want to back up this story just briefly because it's really important to understand as God gives them these instructions, what takes place. If you look at Joshua chapter 5, verse 13, what we find that Joshua has this encounter with maybe an angel or maybe even Jesus. And this encounter gives Joshua the courage to listen to what God is saying and saying, okay, if you're saying this, we're going to go through with this. But when he has this encounter, he does the same thing that Moses did when he came into the presence of God is he took 
his shoes off. He took his sandals off. Remember Moses in the burning bush after God gave him this instruction. He got close to the bush. Whoa, 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 whoa. Take your shoes and take your sandals off for this is holy. He acknowledges the power and the presence of God. And here Joshua does the same thing. It says this in verse 15. And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, meaning he had this encounter with a angel of God's army. Take off your sandals from your feet for this place you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. So he's encountered the angel of God's army. And then here's these instructions. And God says, I've already given you Jericho. Now let's pick up in chapter six, verse three. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus you shall do for six days. I want you to know six for a moment. Six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets. Know that number seven is going to be important. Trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. Now the ark is the ark of the covenant, which was said to carry the tablets of the Ten Commandments that Moses got from God on Mount Sinai. Interesting that the word of God, the covenant relationship is in this part of this journey. Then it says, on the seventh day, you shall march around seven times and the priests shall blow their trumpets. And when they make a long blast with a ram's horn, you shall hear the sound of the trumpet. Then all the people shall shout with a great shout and the wall of the city will fall down flat and all the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. So the Joshua son of Nun called the priests and said to them, take up the Ark of the Covenant and let the seven priests bear the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of God. And he said to the people, go forward, march around the city and let the armed men pass on before the Ark of the Lord. Wow, great strategy, God. How about we're going to take a fortified city by walking around it? By blowing a horn. Really? Did you see that city? What would you do if you, one of your leaders came to you and said, Hey, by the way, we're going to take this city, guys. It, we will do the walk. It will be flat. Just follow me. Let, let's just walk. Anybody, any horn players here? I'm serious. Any horn players here? Yeah, there we go. See, it seems foolish. It seems foolish. And sometimes the very strategy that God gives us to overcome the biggest obstacles in our life will seem foolish. Now let's just unpack this story a little bit because there's some great, incredible imagery here. But I have to say that as we're on this journey, we kind of have to know as we go. Not kind of. We need to know as we go. Meaning, what is God telling us? You need to know what God is saying as you're going on this journey. Now sometimes it's go and he will inform us as we're going, right? But we have to have this assurance like Sheila who moved to Boston. She had to know that she knew that God was calling her to leave everything to arrive into a city to an empty apartment. 
she had to know. She had to hear God's voice and, and determine that this seemed crazy, but yet she was being obedient to what God's instructions were. So the first thing I would like to say, I'm going to break it down into six parts of this, this instruction that God gives Joshua. And these six parts are not going to be the formula to overcome your, your enemy, overcome your obstacle, overcome your you know, walled city, whatever that is for you that you need to overcome. Because remember, we said we're not going to make God into a formula. But there's some things here that are so important for us to get. First and foremost... Listen to what God is telling you. See, that was a problem with the disciples. They tried to perform a miracle, cast out a demon by not first checking with God and said, God, what, what do you want to do here? In your life, are you spending time asking God, what are you doing in this situation? What do you want me to do about this situation? If you're taking notes, this is a great time to write that first point down. Listen to what God is telling you. So this is what happened. Joshua has this encounter with an angel from the Lord's army. And he follows this instruction. He, well, he listens to the instruction first of all. Number two, take action to God's instructions. So when God is telling you something, it's not for you to say, oh, that was a good idea. He actually wants you to do something with what he's telling you. That's called obedience, but it's also called faith. Because chances are, he's going to be asking something of you that might not, one, make complete sense, or number two, seem super practical. But it might be too. So if it's saying like, hey... Uh, you, you don't want the IRS to come after you. That's an obstacle for you. Pay your bill. It's really practical. That can be that too, right? But if you can't have, you don't have the resources and some crazy situation, guess what? You can't know God as your provider if you don't have a need in your life. So when you look at your needs and when you look at your obstacles, don't look at them as like, I can't believe I have those. Look at them as like, I can't believe I get to have these. Because you get to experience God in who he is when he overcomes those things in your life. Take action to God's instructions. They started to march around the walled cities in faith. Now it's interesting though, I told you to understand these numbers six times. I'm not one, I have gone to Bible school and I'm not one to kind of get into these numerology is what they call it, understanding the, the spiritual significance of numbers, but six actually represents man, biblically speaking, represents man. And I do find it's interesting that God had the Israelites, the army, walk around Jericho six days. It was like saying, God was saying, this is your part, man. This is your part. This is the thing that you have to do. Many times God is going to ask you to walk in faith first before he performs the miracle. You have a part to play in this. You cannot just sit on your couch and just wait for God to do the miraculous. He's going to tell you you need to do something and that will be your part. So they walked around six days, the part of man. 
It's interesting thing that he put seven priests. Now these, the number seven, by the way, is the number of God. It's the number of perfection. It's the number of completeness that we represent God. So the seven priests are people who are representing God, who are going before them, carrying seven trumpets. In other words, declaring the word of God. So the priests who are representing God, and I would ask you to consider this. So number three, as a part of eliminating these obstacles, overcoming these challenges in your life is, are you listening to godly people? Who are the godly people in your life who are instructing you, who are keeping you focused on God's word? The priests were doing that. They were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, which was God's covenantal relationship. It was his wrapped up in his promises to the people. And they were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, the priests, and they were understanding, look at what, why we're doing this. Because God has promises for you. You're keeping the word of God in front of you and you're listening to godly people in your life. And that brings me to that fourth point is let the Bible inform you and have it go before you. You see, so many people say, well, I can't hear God's voice. Well, guess what? God's pretty clear in his word. You might not be able to hear his voice. Start reading his word and you'll know his voice. You see, I think people are, he can supernaturally talk and he speaks to me all the time. But I need to confirm that that is also confirmed in his word. He will never contradict himself. And so it's so important that you know his word so well. So when he speaks to you, it's like, is that you, God? Because there are other things that will speak to you. And you better know which voice you're listening to. That's why listen to godly people in your life. That's why I let the Bible inform you and go before you. And then number five, start declaring your victory out loud that the the trumpet blowing is really the seven trumpets representing the truth of God, declaring the truth of God. And are you declaring what God has already told you would take place in your life when you're struggling in your marriage? Are you declaring that you are going to have a healthy, happy, fruitful marriage? And are you declaring it out loud because that's God's promise for you? Are you declaring that these things that are challenges in your life, are you proclaiming them out loud? And I think there's something powerful about saying something out loud because you're releasing words into the atmosphere, the truth of who God is and the promises that he has for you. And as we, they, as they marched around that walled city and they started declaring through trumpets, declaring this is the promises of God, carrying the Ark of the Covenant before him, this is the promises of God's relationship with us. He goes before us. And then number six, I love this. On the seventh day, God's day, isn't it interesting that we still observe the Sabbath, God's day, a day of rest. In other words, saying we believe that God is going to care for us, that we can have a day off, a rest that we keep it holy before him because we're realizing God is the one who's our provider. God is the one who's going to do the miraculous. So on the seventh day, God's day, Their job was to march seven times, seven men representing God's going to do the work. 
They blow the seven trumpets, God's declaration. And guess what? God does the miracle. The wall comes crumbling down. You see, I I wonder if for us, we feel like somehow we've got to muster up something to do the miracle. No, we don't have to do the miracle. We have to walk in obedience and let God do the miracle. We have to follow his words and we have to understand, God, what is your strategy in this? What, What are you saying to us? And then we just walk in obedience, allowing his word to go before us, declaring his promises, allowing godly people into our lives to make sure that we're just not getting a little too off track, going a little kooky. They keep bringing us back in. But then when it comes time for the miraculous to happen in God's way, in God's time, and guess what? God does it and he gets the glory for it. And the walls come tumbling down on that seventh day God gets all the glory, and they take their first city. In this process of claiming a land, of claiming the promises that God had for them. What are your obstacles? What are your ailments? What are your challenges? What are your giants? What are those fortified cities in your life? Could it be that God is wanting to speak to us his strategy to overcome that obstacle? Is a flute playing and he's waiting for for somebody to dance? Is a Dirge being sung and he's waiting for somebody to mourn. In other words, are you listening? Are you hearing? And we already heard this morning that the Spirit of God spoke to us and saying, He's pleased with this body. I think I know why He's pleased because we're hungry for Him. We want to do what He's asking us to do. We want to follow him. We want to be open to things that maybe even make us feel uncomfortable. I'll tell you what, if my leader came up to me and says, we're taking the city, we're going to walk for six days around it, blow some trumpets, I'd be like, are you sure? I think there might be some missiles that might work better. I think think we have like some battering rams or something. Some elephants knocking a wall down or something, but walking and some trumpets. That doesn't seem very violent. But you see, this world today doesn't need more gun laws. I'm not going political, don't worry. It doesn't need us to strip everybody of weapons. It doesn't need more regulations. What they need is people of Jesus who are followers of him working in a supernatural way uh, representing him and his kingdom. When our prison systems are so overwhelmed with not knowing how to handle the volume of people are coming in, it takes people 
like Bill Pelletier and Sheila Dunnigan who will say, we have a solution. Uh, you might not, it might not be so programmatic, but it, the solution is in the name of Jesus. And we find lives get transformed and people get healed. And the miraculous takes place. And then we have the privilege of helping people understand what it means to live in this kingdom of God. Today, I want us to just maybe, just maybe, if you are feeling this inside. By the way, before I get this, I, I know that I look around and we probably have a lot of people watching online this morning. So I just want to say hello online and thank you so much for still being a part of this. And this is for you. So when I get into this, this response thing, I'm, I'm talking to you in your homes or in the hotel room as well. That you're a participant as well. But for us in this room, I, I would want us to consider that I felt earlier this week that, that God wanted us to respond to him because his presence is here. And that he wanted us to respond in such a way that we would just maybe, if you feel compelled, to understand what Moses did and then what Joshua did. When they encountered the presence of God, they took off their shoes. That seems weird, right? But just maybe it's an act of saying, I'm acknowledging that the Spirit of God is here. And I have been struggling so hard to overcome these obstacles that you need a fresh word of God for your life. That just maybe taking off your shoes might be in a posture saying, God, I'm here to hear what you have to say to me. You see, because it all starts not with a strategy of, of God by a formula, but a word of God. That's where it starts, that God speaks to us personally and individually. And he says, this is the strategy I have for this obstacle in your life. For your unsaved loved one that you've been praying for for so long. It's like, when are they going to come to you, Jesus? And and just maybe God is going to give you a strategy of knowing how to reach them. A marriage that's crumbling. It's Maybe it's not more marriage mentoring you need. Maybe it's a fresh word of God that you need. Maybe you're struggling with your emotions and maybe you're struggling with depression and, and maybe instead of more medication, and I'm not saying go off any medication, please hear me. But what I am saying is don't just rely on medication. Trust, once you ask the Lord, what are you saying about my situation? Can we stand before the Lord? If God is compelling you this morning to respond in such a way that maybe you'd want to take your shoes off and acknowledge that this place is a holy place. You can do that in your seat. 
you feel so compelled to come up forward, you can do that. This is your moment with the Lord. I want to just give you that opportunity as we sing this song. God has promises for each one of us. But to claim those promises, there's going to be obstacles. There's going to be walls. There's going to be challenges. Today, each one of us need a fresh word of God. His instruction for us to move forward. Would you respond to him? Just respond to him. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 